Hey, Rifters, welcome to the show. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, got some uh, dates on keithraiser.com. Uh, should be fun. Uh, I'm going to try and get this one uh, released in mid-September. Uh, but we have a great guest. Uh, I will be a lone ranger today doing the things I do uh, without Alan Lee or Victor Pacheco. So, uh, you know, I'm just now getting over a cold, too. So I do apologize if I sound a little a little hoarse, but I have a great guest. I'm very excited. Um, this is one of the best, I feel, character actors ever. And then I saw this movie actually last night. And now I think she's one of the greatest actors ever. Uh, it was called Rush, and it was just fantastic. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But uh, for those who don't know, you've seen her on Seinfeld, Saturday Night Live, Men in Black. Um, she has a new movie coming out called Shelter and Solitants. And uh, it's going to be great with the great uh, Siobhan Fallon Hogan. She's going to be joining us via Zoom. And it's going to be great. So uh, subscribe, rate, review. Tell a friend and enjoy Razor Riffs with Siobhan Fallon Hogan. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hi, Siobhan. Hi, hi, can you hear me? I can. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for uh, saying yes and talking with me. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, uh, Andy told me he wanted to, to talk about your new movie, uh, Shelter and Solitude. So yes. I, I wanted to start uh, what you're doing now and then we'll work our way to the past and versus vice versa, you know? So I saw the trailer. It looks really, really good. And Thank you. Uh, and you wrote it. This is your second movie that you wrote. So yes, I watched Rush last night, which I loved. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. Because I knew that that was very, very important to you. Like that's a project that's really important to you. And I noticed yes. you also wrote that one too. So like you're yes. you're in the habit of writing movies now. Yes, I've gotten into this habit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, like, where do these stories come from? Like, do do events hit you that you think, okay, I have to share these stories? Or, like, how do you come up with these ideas? Well, um, I have three kids. So, Rushed, um, which is is about a, you know, fraternity hazing incident thriller. But um, and it's about an Irish family who's funny. Yeah. So, and Shelter in Solitude, um, the, my character, I play a, a prison guard. And Dan Castellaneta, who's Homer Simpson, obviously he's clearly funny and Robert Patrick's really funny. So it's kind of like um, people that are funny having kind of bad things happen to them. Right. So, um, you know, when you have three kids, my my kids at the time when I wrote Rushed, I had my son was in college. My daughter was entering college. My other daughter was out of college. So, I, you know, and there was all the news about fraternity hazing. So I just was kind of, you know, thinking in my mind, my God, if that happened to me, what would I do? And obviously when you see it, you see that I'm not that normal. And I'm like, I would go insane. So that's where the, the thriller element comes in, in, in rushed. 
And then Shelter and Solitude, my new movie that's coming out October 6th, which Regal and AMC picked up. So we have a big release. Um, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, that is about a, a prisoner on death row with 10 days left to live and his relationship with a wannabe washed up country singer. So I grew up in outside of upstate New York. We actually filmed up there. We filmed outside of Syracuse and in Syracuse. The jail was in Syracuse. And my dad was an attorney and I'm one of five. So when we were at dinner, a lot of, you know, every night we'd have to sit down and have dinner, you know, mashed potatoes, boiled potatoes, some sort of burnt potato. And um, my father would always, lots of times, tell stories about his clients. Yeah. And he would talk about, um, uh, you know, some of them that were really, you know, hard criminals. And then he would talk about the prison guards. And I would, so I was kind of obsessed with that. And I always think about that. Like if I drive now, I live down in New Jersey. If I drive home and pass so a pr big prison in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, what are they doing in there? You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> terrible. Like, it's like, oh, that is rough. Well then, and, and my dad wanted me to be a country singer. So, and I, I always was in the musicals and everything growing up, but my voice wasn't really like, I went to New York originally to be a Broadway singer, you know, star. That's yeah. what I thought my sick mind. And then I realized after a few auditions, not that smart after about a year's worth of auditions, Hey, maybe I should go the comedy route because I really can't reach the high notes. <laughs> so anyway, my dad was always like, you should be a country singer. Why don't you be a country singer? Anyway. So this idea just came to me that like, what if uh, like there's this washed up country singer and, and I'm not only am I like a washed up country singer, but she's like a cougar. Like she's not a cougar though. Cause no one will have her. She's yeah. a cougar wannabe. And a, she actually sang in Nashville once. So there's, so she, and she's an egomaniac. She's single. And there's like posters all over of herself. Like a one hit wonder type thing. Yes. <laughs> so the thing is, is that like the main set, of the movie is this really cool restaurant in upstate in Erieville, New York, near where I grew up. In, I grew up in Casanova called um, the blue canoe. And we, that's the set. And we yeah. made it, we turned it into a country bar. So anyway, that's where I came. I mean, it's basically that one shelter and solitude is just kind of like melding of many ideas, which was my dad wanted me to be a country singer. I always loved, I loved sing. Yeah. Um, my son actually is the music supervisor on the film. My son, Peter, he's act, he plays Chris in the film. He plays kind of the goofy cop. And he would—he was in the music business before all this. I mean, he's only twenty-five, but we—he—we we went out to Nashville let, um, a year ago, November, after we completed the film, and we recorded out there. So, I sing two songs um, in the film. One is Justin Bill Tonin, who's from Three Doors Down, which is a really popular, cool country band, and another guy, Todd Cameron, who's a solo country singer. So, I recorded these songs out there. So, we're having a big premiere out there, September twenty-sixth. Um, before uh, we open on October 6th, yeah. Because I, I saw it's going to play in uh, Santa Monica on September 19th. And if I don't have a, a stand-up show, I'm going to go and go see Oh, it. you got to come. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah yes. let me know for sure. Yeah, I really want to go. Because yeah. I, like I said, I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. And, oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. And like yeah, I said. So we're going to be at the Lemley in Santa Monica at 7.30 on September 19th. Then we'll be in Nashville at the Bell Court on September 26th. And then we open across the country October 6th. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that it got Thank picked you. up. And like, that's Thank cool. Thank you. I, I feel like it's a miracle. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so insane. Yeah. You know, because you work so hard. Do you, have, yeah. do you have kids? Do you have kids? 
I do not, but I am technically a kid. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. This, this is <laughs> this is why I'm borderline insane because my father was so funny. Like people, he kind of like looked looked like Tip O'Neill. But like when I was a kid, like I'd be in grammar school, and you know, I'd be forget my lunch or forget something, and my father would like drive in the circle of school, and, like, and my father would, like lay on the horn or like do insane things. Kids were like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "That's my dad." Or like, <laughs> um, we take was just like if I missed the bus. He'd like take me to school. He's like, all right, Siobhan, well, there's a school right there and I'm late for work. So I'm going to slow down to about 10 miles an hour and you can jump out. But then I need to speed up when we get to see, we got to, I'm like, dad, seriously, you can't do that. He's like, no, no, this is what I have to do. So you're going to have to jump. So he was like insanely funny. Yeah. So that's, the, but talking about kids, why am I talking about kids? Oh, because my son is the music supervisor who set us up. That's and, awesome. I wrote, and I wrote the movie Rush because I was so damn worried about my kids. Yeah. And your kids were actually in Rush. They're, they're my, Sinead, my daughter, is in both. They're both kids are in both. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, Peter plays Jake Weary. You know, Jake Weary from Animal Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I met Jake when he was 19. I was doing the TV show Fred. Yeah. And then the, the kid who plays the kid who plays my son in it, he was nine years old in Fred. So my friend David Goodman, who was the head of the Writers Guild, called me up like, I don't know, 15 years ago, so hey, I just show Fred, you want to be in it? And so anyway, I met those two guys. And literally when I cast, I cast Robert Patrick, who's my good friend in both movies. Robert plays my husband, you know, from the Terminator. Everybody knows yeah, yeah. Great. I know him from Double Dragon. Yeah, I mean, he's been in a million movies. <laughs> and now he's in like Yellowstone, like 1923. Every time I call him, he's like, I'm working. I'm like, I want to come back as you. So anyway, I'm like, I got to write my own damn material to freaking be in. I don't know, you know, whatever. So whatever happened to hashtag me too, that was out, that was out really fast. Yeah. Like the out, I was like, maybe I'll start to really work steadily. I'm like, no, uh-uh, that only lasts a minute. Now it's all, you know, whatever it is, diversity and everything. So, uh, which is good. But, you know, I mean, I was like, what happened to women? I'm like, we got to, I was, I was actually, I was doing, um, I was in the movie, The House That Jack Built with Matt Dillon. Yeah. That's another, like Matt Dillon and I have been in like three one TV, one long TV show, Wayward Pines. Then we did, um, oh my God, I'm sold. I can't remember the name of it. It's with, I really was even that long ago with um, um, Michael Caine and um, and Alan Arkin, who just passed, mm -hmm. and Morgan Freeman. Um, and, I, and I can't remember the name of the friggin' movie right now. Yeah. It's going to come to me. Anyway, so I worked with Matt in that, and I worked with Matt in the house that Jack built um, with that Lars von Trier directed. So I've done like three movies in Denmark with Lars. Anyway- um, what the frig am I talking about? Um, <laughs> we're so, talking about Matt Dillon. <laughs> How did I get to that? I have no idea. You better not come. You better not come on September 19th. Cause I probably won't be there. I'll forget. <laughs> anyway, I literally, literally forgot what I was talking about. Matt Dillon, uh -uh. Oh, Robert. So, so Robert, who I've worked with several times. I mean, I'm, my point about Matt was that I've worked so many times with a couple of actors. It's like bizarre. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the weird thing is my sister Megan looks just like Matt. By the way, I look nothing like him. Anyway, so Robert, I call him up and he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, he's, he reads the script, rushed. He's like, I'm all in. I love it. And um, I say to this young kid, who J.J. Warren, who played my son in it, and then Jake Weary, Weary plays the bad guy in, in Rushed. Yeah. He's on Amazon. Plug, plug, plug. It is. So, on That's where I watched yeah. it. Yeah, it's in like 22 countries too. Like it did really well. I, and except for it was COVID. So I don't know. But anyway, it was all the theaters. But anyway, um, so I say I say to JJ Warren, 
you can't believe this. I go, um, so weird, JJ. It was only like 19th time. I go, you're going to play my son. And I go, and the two other guys that are leads that I cast, I've worked with them. I've worked with them both before. And he, and he said, Siobhan, which strikes, strikes me really funny when a kid who's 19 calls me Siobhan, because like in the acting field, you do that. But I'm known as like Mrs. Hogan in the neighborhood to 19 year olds. Right. I go, yeah, and he's like, I worked with you too. I go, you did? I'm like he's 19. He goes, yeah, I was nine. I was <laughs> like, oh, you don't say. The oldest trick in the book. I was like, I worked with Macaulay Culkin when he was six. And now Kieran's really famous. He was in the scene too on SNL. Yeah. No, but anyway, so <laughs> where the hell? You're like, let me have a podcast so I can not talk. Anyway, so no, that's this is great. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. so my son's in Rushed. He plays Jake Weary's best friend. My daughter plays like the cokehead girlfriend. Yeah. In Shelter and Solitude, my new movie that's coming out October 6th, um, my son has a very big role, uh, other than being music supervisor behind the scenes, he plays this really great role of this cop, Chris. And my daughter, Sinead, plays a, a hippie hitchhiker. She's like, Mom, okay, so far you've cast me and written for me. The first movie is a cokehead. The right. second is a hippie hitchhiker. You try to say something, I go, well, I hate to tell you, but I have another one that's almost finished. When we got this movie out, and um, it's a girl that just got out of rehab. Oh my god! Oh yeah. So anyway. Oh wow. So it's all in the family, and my husband's a producer on both of them. And my oh. daughter, my daughter Bernadette, you know, she's a big reporter. She just she just left the New York Post. She was the city hall bureau chief. Yeah. She 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 um kind of brought Cuomo down. She broke that um nursing home story during COVID. Oh, yeah, she, wow. Her name's Bernadette Hogan. She's like a pit bull. So she brought him down and now she literally just left there last Friday and she's going to, she's going to be on camera. She's going to be on, working at New York one. So the point of it is, is that I'm not bragging about my daughter, but I'm saying that in the movie shelter and solitude, there's a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but there's a few news, news stories, you know, on the radio. So she made sure that my, the copy and the way it sounded was authentic. Oh, that's so she awesome. helped too. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to kill them all, by the way. I hate them all. <laughs> I would say, do you have to, do you, can you love someone and not like them? Because I don't like oh, any of them. I want to kill them all. I actually do believe that, that you could love it's someone so and not like them. Yeah. Because like, uh, you know, like I, I'm a very loving person, but I don't really yeah. like half my family. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's but, the thing. But I love no, them. No, here's the thing. I like love my kids. I love my husband. Like, for example, today, you can't believe this, is my 31st wedding anniversary. Oh, my God. Happy anniversary. I can't find my husband. We're all working on the movie. I'm literally <laughs> the only one in this house. And I and I got I, I, pl I got planted in the garden, you know? And I've got two zucchini that actually came to life and a pumpkin. I'm trying to show people. I'm like, where the hell is everybody? Yeah. So and we have a movie, you know, that's, I don't know, coming out really quickly. And I could use some help. And everyone's MIA. They better be buying me something. Yeah. Even well, just like ice cream. I don't even, and I'm not like, I'm not like a jewelry person or anything. Yeah. Well, I want you to know, I'm not super famous, but I will help you with this movie. I will tweet it like crazy and oh, tell everyone awesome. to go see it. That's and, awesome. And get all your friends in LA to come to the Lemley, the, the Santa Monica one. Oh, so, I, I would love to, but unfortunately all my friends died. So. Oh, like, what the hell? Yeah, I toured with Norm Macdonald and Bob Saget. So like, oh, I don't really terrible. have. I love Norm. Yeah. Norm, I was on SNL and and um, I was on the same time as Norm, but he's such a great guy. Yeah, he was my best friend. So like. Oh, uh, I'm so, t I'm so sorry. Yeah. 
No, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying I don't have any famous friends anymore, so I can't oh, relate. Who cares about famous? But he was yeah. the best. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, well, I think Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn's a friend. And what what's the hilarious story that he tell like, he told about Norm in the elevator? And I can't even remember. It's so funny. And he says to these, I don't know. And he says, Colin says. Well, I didn't say that. Norm's no Norm said Colin said. I don't know. He somehow threw him under the bus. It was the funniest story. I can never remember the punchline of stories, so I'm useless at retelling them. That's why yeah. I could never do stuff. I'm sure I've heard it because I, when I was at the funeral, Colin said an elevator story with Norm. So yeah. I thought I don't. And, and Lori Joe, Lori Joe was on. Oh, I love Lori Joe. I love Lori Joe. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. So, oh my God, I'm going to text her and say, Hey, I just talked to Siobhan. Oh my God. Tell her, tell her. I don't know where she is in the country, but the movie's going to be all over the place October 6th. Or if she's in LA, I'd love to have her come. Yeah. I'll text her and give her the information. Or Nashville. What the heck? I don't care. Yeah. Well, she is in LA, but, uh, but yeah. Oh, that's definitely. awesome. Yeah. yeah. After, after this is over, share her number with me. I'd love to get in touch with her. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. For sure. And then I wanted to talk about, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which I thought was oh. a very, very unique uh, uh, film. And like, I've noticing yeah. a, a pattern, like all the films you're you're doing are going very unique and story-wise. So I really like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, thanks. So that's, okay, so this is what happened to me. You know how in this business, like you get really pegged with comedy? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, she can't do serious or anything like that. Well- A.B. Kaufman, who's this fabulous casting director, and she cast she cast uh, Shelter and Solitude and Rushed as a favor because, you know, we're on a shoestring. Um, so years ago, I was on SNL and I did Shakespeare in the Park because I'm an actress. I'm not a stand up, you know, so that was yeah. different at SNL. And so I did Shakespeare in the Park. I played Phoebe and As You Like It, you know, 555 years ago. And um, Elizabeth McGovern was Phoebe was uh, no, she was Rosalind. And I was. Phoebe, who cares? I'm not going to go through the whole cast. But anyway, so A.V. saw, <laughs> sad that I can even remember it. That's, you know, it's, it's the side of an egomaniac. Like, I can't remember stories, but I'm like, let me see who I was in the cast with. <laughs> so anyway, so A.V. came and saw As You Like It. And she's like, oh, I guess this girl's like a legitimate actress. Yeah. So at the time, my daughter Bernadette, who's 28, was a baby. And she was a terrible baby. She had like really bad colic and she'd cry all night. And I had an audition for this Lars von Trier movie um, called Dancer in the Dark that Bjork and was the lead in. Yeah. And um, anyway, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to cry. This is awful. And this was the day before it. I was like, oh, no, what if I can't cry? Because, you know, you're comedy. And you're like, uh, I'm not really a crier. And so my daughter gets an ear infection is up all night long. Yeah. And now I have to do this audition. I have to take the subway. And I'm so exhausted and I read for the audition and I, I'm able to cry. Not because I'm such a good actress that I can do it. I'm so tired that I that I cry. So I get the part of a prison guard in, I have this recurring theme of these prison guards, um, in Dance from the Dark. And 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 it gets freaking into the Cannes Film Festival. Bjork, Lars wins the Palme d'Or, Bjork wins. So now I'm suddenly legit, right? Yeah. So then other, um, like, let me think about this. We need to talk about Kevin. Yes, that's a foreign, uh, in, a British director. And then I did um, Funny Games. That was. Uh, Which I loved Funny Games. Okay. So that's, he's Aust he's Austrian. That's a really funny story about that. Yeah. So I suddenly get into this serious, and not only serious, but horror. And I, quite frankly, I don't like horror movies because I'm afraid of them. Like right. I've never, 
I've never seen funny games or we need to talk about Kevin oh, because okay. I, because I won't be able to sleep at night. Right. Wait, the really, so the really funny thing about funny games is this. So it was, um, me and, um, oh my God, what's her name? She's famous, famous Australian with blonde hair and she's in everything. I know who you were talking about. I don't know her name. Though. Leave, leave Schreiber. She was married to him. I cannot uh, remember. Yeah. And, I could Google it, but oh, yeah. we got it. We got to figure it out that. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, Naomi Watts, Naomi Watts. I'm sure Naomi. she'd love to know that I was searching for her name. No, you'll be like, you know what? I think next, like a year from now, like, you know what? She really was losing it. And I heard she's really, there's nobody home now. Um. Anyway. So I, I, um, <laughs> the, the, the director was Austrian and he's very famous, Michael Haneke. Yeah. So he didn't understand, you know, not foreigners don't understand accents. So matter of fact, when I did a semester in Ireland, when I was in college, my mother's like, Siobhan, be careful of the accent. You'll fall in love with the accent. And I went out with this guy for probably about two weeks. Cause that was always about as long as I could handle. Cause I was right. in a journal. And, and, it, and I really, you know, first you're like, Oh, anyway, Siobhan, anyway. And you're like, I love him the way he says Siobhan. She's like, would you like a beard? I'm like, Oh, I would. She's like, point. <laughs> Like, I love him. I'm going to marry him. And then a couple of weeks, you're like, I don't really like him. He's kind of boring, even though he's an accent. Anyway, so Michael Haneke can't speak English, only minimally. And he says to the AD, like, he's like, and he's like, and I'm supposed to be playing a, I'm supposed to be playing a very sophisticated woman from Shelter Island, which is very, that's where Barbara Walters, all the very wealthy people from Long Island live, but you know, you can hear the way I talk. I'm from upstate from Syracuse. So he says to the AD, and then the AD translated it. And he says to me, he would like you to speak the way you spoke in, I don't know, he named some movie. And I go, oh no, no, no. Which is men in black or oh, yeah. Like like a farmer, the way like like the, and and the way I spoke in because dancer in the dark, I spoke. You know, I was I was a prisoner. I was supposed to be from the from the Midwest, and I was like talking like this, like I normally talk. And I said, "Tell him," because I'm supposed to be wealthy now. In this character, I go, tell him that if I speak that way, people in the audience are going to think I won the lottery, or I'm a mail order bride from the Midwest because nobody from here talks like me. I I right. go, I belong more like in a trailer park. So he's like, oh, and he goes like, okay, go ahead and speak that way. But anyway, so the, he can like understand, <laughs> he didn't understand the dialects. <laughs> so stupid. But but going back to, we need to talk about Kevin. So I was with Tilda Swinton. That was a riot. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. I mean, that's just like, and that was a really fun, fun movie. But I, I haven't, I can't, I don't know. No, I, I know the, I know how you feel because like I've only done one movie. And I've never watched it because I I can't watch. What movie myself. was it? It was it was called Terrible People. It was about bank robbery. So wait 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 was um was Vince Vaughn in that? No that that's um that was probably Horrible Bosses. <laughs> yeah. So the, the same is, thing. No, I I swear to you, you have not seen this movie. No one's seen this movie. But it is yeah. awful to watch yourself. Yeah, I can't even watch my stand up comedy because oh like, no, I, no 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 no. <laughs> I, I have so many double chins now. I, first of all, I have to stay like straight on. Yeah. People are going to see like the Michelin doll. Wait, oh, you'll get a big kick out of this. So I got asked to um, be a judge uh, last Thursday night in my where I live now um, at this 
theater and all that is contest for stand-up comics. Oh my God. I wish I oh, was. Yeah. So there was 10 of them. There was, um, 10 comics, you, you know, um, the, you know, the stress factory in, yeah. in, okay. So the, you know, the gentleman who owns that, he was one of the, uh, judges. And then this other guy, Joe, I'm going to say his last name, but you might know him. I think it's, is it Monterero? I don't know. He's been on, he's been on Letterman, all this Montero. I don't know. Anyway, I, he's a really nice guy. Anyway, whatever. So I have this problem where I can't like fake laugh. Right. My sisters are, my sister, Sheila's always like, Shaman, you could have at least laughed or smiled. Or my other sister's like, oh my God, that was so fake when you laughed. Because unless I think it's funny, I can't laugh, right? Exactly. Also really hate dirty humor. Like it doesn't strike me funny and I don't, whatever. So do you remember, you might be too young, but remember in the Brady Bunch when Cindy Brady was on and she froze and didn't do, didn't say anything when she got on TV? Is the, the small one, right? She's yeah. the youngest one. So years ago, there was an episode and um, 5,000 years ago, you're like, no one in the audience, probably all like, honestly, they'd all be dead. They remember this. We're talking about the show, not the movies. Yeah. The TV show, the, the TV show that I watched religiously with Brady Bunch. I'd be like, people like, um, can you babysit? I'm like, as long as I can get there before the Brady Bunch starts. So Cindy Brady, who was the youngest. She froze when she got on TV with her family and didn't speak. And afterwards, they were like, Cindy. Anyway, uh. it was me, Thursday when I was judging the comics, for the first three, I didn't say a word because they were so dirty. I didn't want to be mean and be like, okay, that was disgusting. So the fourth one, they're like, he was really funny. Yeah. And I said, okay, look, I'm sorry I didn't speak. I had I was having kind of an out about experience. I was in my head thinking to myself, why did you ask me? I'm terrible. But the reason is, is because I think this guy's really funny and I don't think you need to be filthy and talk about your wife to be funny. Right. You know what I'm no, saying? I get that. Yeah, definitely. And then one guy does this joke about, I, I almost don't even want to repeat it, but handcuffing a child. I said, oh, I said, let me say something. I go, um, when you say something like that, now, not only is it sick, right. you should probably, I don't know, have someone examine your head. But I would, I would, if I wasn't a judge, I'd get up and leave. Right. Oh my God. So that must. Oh be- yeah. Oh was, Lord. Because I'm like, who sa- says something repulsive about a child? I don't. I don't get that. But oh. anyway. Anyway. Wow. Oh my God. So it, it, this would be a bad time to tell a joke to you, so you could judge me. <laughs> as long as it's rated G, I'm okay. Oh. I'll okay. Even PG. I don't oh. even mind. I don't mind swear words. I love swear words. All right, I got a good G joke for you. Okay, go, go. Okay, so I just got back from Vegas the other day, and yeah. I hit hit a coyote with my car. Yeah, for real? I knew it was a, yeah, I knew it was a coyote because I got out, and a roadrunner came up to me and said, thanks. See, that's my speed. Okay, excellent. That's my speed. Did I move on to the next round? <laughs> I love it. You moved on. You made it. Uh but um, I wanted to ask you about Holes because Holes was a great movie, but it was also a book. And I wanted to ask you, like, when you when you did the movie, did you read the book? And like, oh, like yeah. how you do that? Yeah. So um, I'm like De Niro. You know, I, do, I really I'm really thorough. So I read the book. <laughs> so and I'm not much as, as Chris Farley would say, I'm not much of a reader per se, but I did read. I love that book. So and there's something very interesting about that, which is. Lewis Satcher, who wrote the book, uh-huh. originally lived in San Francisco and he had a child. I haven't seen him in 100 years, but I remember he told me the story. 
And the reason he was able to write the book is that he he studied where in the country he should move to that would be a great place to raise a child and would be a lot less expensive than San Francisco, which right. pretty much anywhere except for New York and L.A. But um, so he moved to Texas and that's where he met all those characters, you know, because there's so many characters in Texas. Yeah. But yes, I read the book. Um, I love Andy Davis, who directed it. We've remained friends all these years. I'm a massive fan and he's been a huge supporter of mine. So when I did Rushed, I mean, I had no idea if, you know, if I knew what the heck I was doing, you know, um, if the movie was good or good or whatever. And he would give me notes. Same with Shelter and Solitude. He's like one of the greatest guys in this business, which oh is my God. Uh, he's such a good guy. And his wife, Adrian, and his family, he's, su- he's an amazing guy. Um, and then, you know, of course, John Voight, you know, I went to Catholic University and John Voight is older than me, but he went there too. So when I was, when I was a Catholic U a million years ago, there was a priest I really loved named Father Harkey, so, he, hilarious guy. And John Voight went to Catholic University and he, he painted the Cardinal because Catholic U was the Cardinals on the center of the um, gym. And they thought he was an artist, like not a, not a, an actor. And so um, anyway, so that was really cool that I got to work with John Voight because Father Harkey used to tell me what a fabulous actor he was. And he's like, I'm the one who told him not to stop painting birds and be an actor. (laughs) Where would he be now? That's like the best advice ever. (laughs) I know. He'd be out there painting yellow belly sap suckers. I'm looking out of my pond right now. I got a pond and there's always birds. My mother was really into birds. I don't know a single bird and all they do is fly by. Yeah. Did did you know a bird is the only animal that if you throw it, you're actually helping it? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Is a frog an animal or is that an amphibian? I would think a frog doesn't mind to be thrown either. Oh, yeah. Maybe a frog needs help too sometimes. (laughs) Speaking of which, I don't know where this came in my head, but have you ever been to Australia? No, never. Okay. So when... See, I, my family, we travel in a pack. And by the way, I feel guilty about saying I don't like them, but I don't. No, I'm only kidding. I love them. But so when I would always bring my kids and we're all, we all work on this movie together. My, my daughter, Sinead is not only in the movie, but she's production designer as well. And so that's where I'm wondering where everybody is right now. They're taking advantage of this podcast because they know, because I, I like, I'm going to like, I like rile them up like an Australian shepherd. I'm like, where are you? Let's get going. Anyway, um, when we were so speaking of thing, animals that can be thrown or birds, so I brought them all over to Australia when I did Charlotte's Web. At the time, I, Sinead was two. Peter Peter and Bernard both went to school there. They went to a bush school. Yeah. They called, oh, it's bush school. And they would be like, Mom, don't put anything in our lunch besides a cookie. No, besides a sandwich and an apple. If you put a cookie in, they're going to think we're rich. Because <laughs> we were in the middle of nowhere. But anyway, so you know how like we think kangaroos are so cute and everything? Yeah, Sinead, they're actually scary, aren't they? Right. So Sinead yeah. was two. And yeah, and she's, she's kind of like tough and the, and they really hop really weirdly. Like, it's like you bend your elbow and she's like, get away, stupid kangaroo. Dad, throw that kangaroo away from me. So I always think of them, you throw, you know, like chuck the kangaroo. I'm also from upstate where people cow tip, but that's, you know, none of that's, none of that's politically correct now. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do, you you just can't go around pushing animals anymore. No, definitely. But I love animals. No, I love animals too. But what I'm saying is about kangaroos. Here's how I know I don't trust them is because no. 
I don't trust anyone who has like one of those backpacks and they put their baby on it. So like, like in front of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like people that do that. You're like, you're a weirdo. Yeah. So oh, I don't trust. So yeah. Yeah. You like those fit people. Do you know, I actually saw one of those, you know, I have to say, I love the baby. I used to carry my kids in the front when I lived in New York city, but you know, you always think you associate it with like granola bars and like, like Birkenstock, like really crunchy people. Yeah. And I would actually like be like, I wonder if people think I'm actually in shape. But I just was, I was like too tired to push the stroller. But now I saw this guy recently. They not only not only have the backpack things, but the kid is like almost up on your shoulders. Yeah. And I'm thinking for the kid, it's great. But then I'm thinking, what if you trip? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, there goes your face. Like, oh man. Hey, I wanted to ask you something about men in black. Yeah, I, I don't know if you you noticed this or if this okay. was if this was a spur of the moment thing or maybe it's just my Aspergers that caught that. But yeah. when the guy uh, comes in and he's like, "I want sugar water," you're like, "I've never seen sugar water do that." And he's like, "Oh, give me sugar water." You right. look at the spoon, and it looks like you're about to grab a spoon, but you actually grab a cup and you pour the the whole cup in the. Yes, Barry Sonnenfeld told me to do that. <laughs> he, he he's a genius Barry Sonnenfeld is a genius we shot that this is interesting for the people that are 9,000 years old that was shot on the little house in the prairie set oh my so, god yes so I was out in California Bernadette was actually a baby and I left her because I only thought I would be out there for like three days right and my husband was at the time was a trader on Wall Street and he was supposed to be watching her. I remember one time I called him up and I heard all this noise in the background. I think he had her at happy hour. And I was like, what in the hell? I got to get home. But I couldn't get home because, you know, like in California, when they have the terrible rainstorm, the mudslides. Right. So every day, of course, at that point, I was like on a daily rate. So I was like, listen, I love my kid and everything. And I, I always brought my kids with me, but we needed money then. And so I was like, okay the longer they can keep me, the more money I can make because, you know, I was getting a daily rate. So, right. so the truck and the campers were down below it. And every day they'd be like, put you in makeup, you know, put the makeup on. Or she wouldn't know I was in makeup, but looked so attractive in it. And, um, <laughs> and people, whenever people are like, Hey, are you lady men in black? I'm like, damn, I should have put some lipstick on. So, um, so anyways, like even, even friggin' Will Smith improvised that line. He goes like, you need to damn, you need a makeover, whatever he says. I'm sure that's the wrong line, but something like that. Right. Anyway, so uh, every day they'd be like, we'd either get in the truck to try to get up the hill, but come to find out in California, the, the the soil isn't the same as back east. So it's like clay. So you cannot get traction no matter what kind of chains you have on your tires. Yeah. So every day we get up the hill, I was like, ching, another day. <laughs> and I was like, well, but I got to get home to my baby. This is bad. Like, Sinead, I think, Bernard, so, uh, but so, so this all ties in. So. I think it ended up to be like 10 days. And I was like, Barry. So finally we were, we were going to get to the night scene and um, Vincent D'Onofrio, poor Vincent D'Onofrio had like, his eyes were Rick Davis, who's the famous, famous makeup artist. I remember he said to me, Siobhan, always read a script carefully. Cause if you're the type that gets uncomfortable and say, you do have to have your eyes like really wide open or like, you know, like wrench or something like that. You have to be the type that can sit in a makeup chair for hours. Right. Oh my God, I have a story about that after. How long is this podcast going? Whatever, so anyway, I'm on your time. I, oh my I, God, this is, I, I have a story about that. That's insane. So um, anyway, so 
we shot that scene. Oh, and I was, I thought you were going to ask me about the sugar, while, why I was looking down because the truth is too, there's a mattress behind me and I uh, have to, they're like, just trust us. You're going to fall straight back and you got to look like you're going to faint. So I was like, Oh my God. So I thought maybe I was peeking at the, but you know, they wouldn't do that in the same shot. No. Okay. So it clearly shows you look at the spoon and then you, yes. you grab the, that was very I was I can, comedy gold. I would like to pretend that was my idea, but you got to give credit where credit was due. And that was totally Barry Seinfeld. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Barry, I'll never forget, we were going back down, we were going down the hill and Barry had a martini. And, and he's like, he's like, I said, Barry, what's the most, what do you think you need most as a director? And um, I remember he said, uh, see, I don't have a vocabulary. Like um, what's when you're really healthy, you have to stay because you, you have no sleep. So right. what is, the, it's like um, endurance, 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 that's what I want to say, endurance. But he was holding a martini, he goes, that, and, and the martini was filled to the top. Because, so, you know, like he would actually, you know, they, they call the last shot of the day on a movie, the martini shot. Right. And don't smell your martini when you're going down the hill. Which, of course, <laughs> I thought was hilarious. So, oh, so the makeup. So Vincent had to wear the makeup and his eyes were stretched open where he had to get water, like eye drops constantly. So it was getting really like I was really missing my daughter. And I I would have brought her with me had I known it was going to go into this length of time. Right. So I was like, Barry, listen, I, I, is there any way I can catch the red eye tonight? Now, normally, and he's like, I go, my baby. And he's like, I know, I know, Siobhan, hang on. So he asks, so he says, I'm going to ask Vincent. And the way it goes in movies is whoever is the most famous one gets to do their shot first if it's late oh. in the night. So they can quote unquote shoot you out. So then I would almost play to nobody or play to a stand in. And he's an in very, but in this case, it's even more severe that he should definitely be out first because he's so uncomfortable in these and his, with his eyes. I mean, they're dry, his eyeballs are drying every two seconds. Right. So he says, Vincent, Siobhan is a baby and she's really missing. I'm, I'm sure Barry would really appreciate this imitation I'm doing of him. <laughs> he's the best guy ever. And I'm like, not doing him justice. Um, anyway, such a class act. Anyway, so he said, Siobhan needs to go home to her baby. How do you feel about letting her go first? And Vincent let me. Oh, so my God. That's a great guy. That's so, awesome. Should I tell you my story about the makeup situation? Yes. Tell me every story. Okay. I love this. So um, in the movie, The House That Jack Built, it's about Jack the Ripper, Matt Dillon, me, uh -huh. Uma Thurman, and Lars von Trier directs. So my character in the movie... <laughs> has to be killed because you know it's jack the ripper right in the movie i don't just get killed i get dragged by a car and my head falls off which when we went to can my kids couldn't sit with me and my daughter Sinead was only in like 11th grade at the time my son was in high school college and my other daughter was out of college whatever the movie ends i'm telling the story out of order but it's it's like a trinity which me telling the, the last part first so my daughter like this podcast yeah exactly like they're like wow wait she doesn't she hasn't talked to many people in a while she's clearly only been talking to her family i love you shabbat i love you that was a joke of love it's insanity yeah matter of fact i'm getting so hot i have to take my sweater off so i'm having a hot flash so okay so after Cannes Film Festival, everybody's all dressed up. It's like really fancy. And I see my daughter in the distance. I got to get with her because, you know, we're sitting in the VIP seats with Lars and Matt and all the you know people in the movie. And my kids are sitting way over, way, way, way over to the right. 
And my daughter's like, stone face. She looks like she's going to throw up. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, you did not tell me that you get dragged by a car and your face falls off. And I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> me, to me, it's just nothing. Well, right. I had to go to a makeup studio in Brooklyn. And ironically, it's two guys from SNL who are genius makeup artists. And I had to have my full body made into, you know, cause something they could drag. Right. And so number one is when I'm still telling the story backwards, when I saw my full body lying on the ground, I was like, ew, number one, I need to go on a diet. Number two, what has happened to me? And number three, I, that's disgusting. And it's my body. It's literally me. Okay. Now cut even far further back. So I have to go and I have to have a full face made of my head, Uh which means, and I, and I consider myself not to have any phobias, nothing, except for I don't like to fly. And they're like, now Siobhan, we're going to, we're going to put this on. We just want to let you know what's going to happen. You know, we're going to paint your face with all this stuff. You're going to have a straw in your mouth to breathe out of eventually and you're going to have places in your ears at the very end. The last thing will be, we'll cover your ears. So all you'll have is a straw, right? Okay. You're not claustrophobic. Are you? Cause some people really can't do this. And they named some actors who like had to knock and be like, break this. I gotta get out of this. So I'm kind of like inside my head as they're painting it on the priding myself. Like, huh, look at me. I don't have any phobias. It's really great. It's unbelievable. I can't believe how, how comfortable I am with myself. Yeah. I can be inside here and they're like, all right, Siobhan. And you can just start, start to, it's like, a, it's almost like a dream. They're like, okay, you okay? Okay. So we're about, we're just want to let you know we're about five minutes away and they're painting, painting. I'm like, oh, I'm such a piece. See, I don't need to talk. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't need to move. Breathe out the straw. I'm doing great. Okay. Then they're like, okay, we have one minute left. So we're going to clog your ears now. So just keep breathing out of the straw. At the time, there had been an earthquake in like Guatemala. Oh and my God. I had, I'm like, oh my God, this is my, what those poor people must have feel like <laughs> who are possibly still under there. And I'm like, start to have a panic attack. And I'm like, Holy crap. And then I thought to myself, it's a really good idea for a movie. Matter of fact, I shouldn't even tell it because I could. And I was like, what if some, what if these guys aren't from SNL? What if I don't even know who they are? And this is a plot to kill me. Right. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, but I can't say hurry up. So I'm like, this is a straw. <laughs> Did he drop the straw? <laughs> I, 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 I literally, I literally sweat it out. And when they took it off, I go, I'm here to tell you that will be the last time. I will ever do that with Petrang. And then th- that's when they told me how many actors were not able to do it. Oh my God. Yeah. It was insane. If you ever decide to try stand up, that story is your first joke. Like that's just oh. great. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I I don't know how you do stand up. I think it takes such nerve. And um, I don't know. That makes me so nervous I couldn't handle it. Oh my God. Uh like uh like when you're you're telling the story, you could be like, "Ah, oh, Julia Roberts gonna handle this. This is easy." Yeah, <laughs> <And then> just... <laughs> I need some pointers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you, if I was, you think I was shocked when I saw my body? You should have seen my head. Oh I was like, my God. What is going? I look like one of those, like a Sharpe dog, you know, that had yeah. like millions of necks. I was like, I don't know what happened to my neck. <laughs> when I, well, when I was like in my twenties, I got a um, 
you know, you had to always get those stupid resume pictures, headshots. Uh-huh. I remember this makeup artist was like, you know, he was French. He's like, you know that uh, eventually you're going to have to have surgery. I was, I literally was like 26. Like, <laughs> you know, you're thinking you look pretty good then, right? He's like, you know that when eventually your eyes are going to drop. Now look at my eyes. You can hardly see my eyes. Yeah. And you're going to have to have a little, a little fat sucked out of your chin. I was like, okay, guy, listen, I'm paying you to take my freaking picture. Right. Would you mind not saying something like that? And no, not giving me health tips. He was 100% right. <laughs> but I figure if I start chopping myself up now, well, you know, forget it. Yeah. It, it, it's something similar like that happened to me when I took my very first headshots when I was like 15 or 16. They're right. like, oh, oh my God, you're the cutest guy. You're going to be the next, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's great. Uh, 20 years later, that hasn't happened. And I still think I'm cute, but I look at my headshots and I was like, oh my God, I was fucking hot. You know and, what I mean? Yeah, seriously. I'm like, you know, I was, I was good looking. I should have had more confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, and, and I also like the new generation, like, like my daughter and her friends, they get really offended if someone like whistles and stuff. I'm like, when I lived in New York City, I was like, if, if like a truck driver whistled me, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Got it. I'm still rocking. No well, one whistles at me now. No one whistles at me anymore either. It sucks. Not, not only do they not whistle at me, they're like, are you okay? Could I help you carry that? I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> so bad. Well, I want to respect your time and I have three more questions if I sure, could. Go. So I wanted to talk about, uh, you probably don't get asked this a lot. Uh, but jury duty, which I thought was the funniest Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> and uh, I well, let me tell you, I think um, I'm a lone wolf on that. I don't know, but I think be. it was great. Well, for number one, I was six months pregnant and trying to hide it. I did not oh. tell them I was pregnant. I think I was on that for like at least six weeks. As a matter of fact, my friend PJ, who's now who I went to Catholic U with, we've made remained friends all these years. He was, he wrote it. Yeah. He's the producer on Rushed and Shelter and Solitude. Oh my God. He was, he was like out of his mind because I was not supposed to be pregnant because they can't insure you if you're pregnant. Oh my and God. I was like, uh, matter of fact, my friend, Nancy Howard, who's a director, I made her go with me for my physical. Cause if you have a big part, they have to be able to insure you. And this is so gross, but I made her give me her urine. And we went up, we went up the elevator on Hollywood Boulevard in LA. We went to McDonald's, which was below it. We went up the elevator to go to the doctor to hand in my urine. And we were in the elevator. I go, ew, ew. And Nancy, it's spilling. And she goes, and she's really like, um, like, you can't believe that we're friends because she's we're such good friends. She's like, really waspy and really like way above something like this. And she's like, I mean, I don't know. No one's ever asked me to pee in a cup before. I don't know how much to give you. <laughs> and so anyway, by the time of the, but if you watch that movie, you will see how, how I'm holding my purse in front of my stomach. Cause I'm six months pregnant when it ends. Oh my God. That's, it was a, really fun. that's a great story. I would just say, Oh no, I'm not pregnant. I'm just gaining some LBs. What's wrong with that? Uh no, you can't because they make, they want your urine sample. Oh, they, oh my God! Oh, they, they have to insure you. <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's awesome. That was a clever yeah. way. Oh, wait, and Peter Peter Lenkoff, who produced that movie, he invested in uh, Shelter and Solitude. So it all goes back to jury duty. Oh my God! Uh -huh. yeah. I'm so glad crazy? I brought that up. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay, and then what was your because you were on SNL uh, for a season? What was your favorite uh, memory being on that? Like, what was a great sketch that you saw that you liked? Well, first of all, my favorite thing about SNL was I was great friends with Chris Farley and Aaron Frazier, who was Lauren Michaels' assistant at the time. She's a producer. Was she passed away in March of suddenly of an aneurysm? So my friendships on that movie, um, like I loved Chris Rock and Adam Sandler and David Spade. I was good friends with Melanie Hutzel and, and Julia Sweeney. I, I like have great memories that way. Um, I, um, you know, I did the Delta Delta sketches and, um, but really funny. I was the judges. I was always the judge. Yeah. And so Chris Rock used to call me judgy wudgy as a matter of fact. <laughs> they, I was asked once, someone was writing a book about SNL and they were like, please tell your favorite sketch that you're in. I was like, well, I really only did Delta Delta and judge you. I really didn't do much because, you know, because I'm an actress and I really didn't have that competitive fight to fight for myself. It seems and, like it's a competitive show. Yeah. yeah, And you'd have to go like, a lot of times you have to go to Lauren's office and like really fight. And I was like, look, I'm not proving myself. You either think I'm funny or not. And I, I can't, I, I, I wasn't as cutthroat. So, um, I should have been more cutthroat, but I was, I don't know. Anyway, so one time I was, they were like, what sketch are you the most proud of? And of course I was on, I want to say, judgy. And then I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I was like told like a fake something? And I said to my kids, I was like, I'm most proud of Fudgy. She was a Girl Scout who sold fudge that she made door to door. But that's, I wasn't even in that. But anyway, um, so why am I talking about that? So I know I love the Delta Delta sketches. I love when Seinfeld was on. Cause I had, I had, um, you know, I'd worked with Jerry and day, um, um, uh, and I, um, loved being in those. I mean, I had a great time. I always, I always managed to get on every week, which was, was, was a feat in itself. Yeah. I actually like the bows the best to tell you the truth because the pressure was off and the party was just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, I, re I remember one time, I don't know, I don't remember what city I was in with Norm, but someone asked Norm that question and Norm basically said a sketch he wasn't in, like Wayne's World or something. Like, I don't remember the exact same, <laughs> I like, don't... I'm, I'm improving the story because I don't remember what he said, but let's just say he said Wayne's World and the, go the guy's like, oh my God, yeah, I loved you in that sketch, yeah. And then Norm's like, that guy's an idiot, I wasn't in that fucking sketch. <laughs> I know that's the way it is. People thought for years after they're like, I love you on SNL. I was like, thank you. I'm like, I, but I remember too, I love being Steve Martin did a musical. And of course, you know, I told you I love the musicals and Chris Farley was hysterical. Oh, you know, there was a sketch though that didn't get on, which is pathetic. We did me, Chris Farley, Dana Carvey and Melanie Hutzel. We did Lucille Ball. I was Lucille Ball. She was Ethel. Chris was Jackie Gleason. And Dana was Fred Mertz. And I'm telling you, it was fantastic. And it freaking got caught. Oh, my God. Well, this is the problem, though. You can actually Google it. I mean, you can't believe how much we all look like them. And it was good. It was really, I mean, I'm not bragging. Well, how can I brag? It didn't even get on. So <laughs> um, I'm bragging about nothing. I'm bragging about something in my head to myself, which is sad. <laughs> so um, the thing is, is that, you know, the producers would choose. And the producers were writing. Yeah. So. You know, that's like being in like, you know, I don't know, I, I like a bake-off and you made the brownies. You exactly. Yeah. You're, you're judging your own brownies. Yeah. You can't get your brownie in if you didn't make it. Exactly. Like, you know, if you're not, I don't know if you're not the judge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, I I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that's why whenever I bake brownies, I always give hash. I don't know. No, or you, or I just, I just eat the batter. I (laughs) got a call. I got a call by my heart doctor. (laughs) Now I I I I don't you know I'm not obese or anything, and I've exercised my whole life. My father, my father was really funny and, um, he quit drinking when I was 15 and he wasn't like a dated alcoholic, but he only liked his, when he, when he did drink, it was go big or go home. Anyway. Um, that's why like Chris Farley, like I, you know, he was literally like family to me because I was related to him so much. And we were Catholic. We went to church every Sunday together. It was like, and you know, we were from the big families and just the insanity anyway. So my father had a, my, my uncle Mickey who never drank a drop and he was an oral surgeon. He was laying on the operating table and my father came in to see him and he goes, what the hell, Billy? You abused yourself your whole life. I didn't do one damn thing. And I'm on the hard table on the table. You should be here. But the other day I had to go for like that calcium C test. Everybody does now. Mm. And I literally eating brownie batter. Oh my God. And the doctor goes, Sean, uh, I have your results. Are you sitting? And I was like, no, right now I'm not sitting. I'm actually standing over the brownie batter eating it. Well, you got a little blockage in one of your uh, arteries. I go, oh, maybe I should put the spoon down. I don't know. It's 10 <laughs> in the morning. I just had a little craving. And he goes, yeah, it's not your widow maker. It's your little, your other artery. I go, how many do you have? I don't, I don't even know my body in any way. Like, yeah. But, oh, my husband just came in. It's my, I'm doing a podcast. It's my oh, third He's the one I was ready to kill. I succeeded. I kicked ass. Yeah, but he went oh, nice. You know he went out to breakfast with a friend because he didn't answer the phone for two hours. Such a liar. He brought you flowers. <laughs> I guess I can't punch him on a podcast, but no one would see. So anyway, anyway, so the doctor calls and he's like, and I go, oh, it's not the window maker. Well, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, and I said, so if I'm driving to Syracuse and I'm taking, I can't, I can still take the thruway, but if there's a lot of traffic and I want to take the side road, that's the one that's clogged. He's like, that's exactly right. it's so weird because like i agree with you batter and cookie dough and stuff it's better than the actual because then so much better because like it says a cookie has like 500 calories but if you're just eating the dough you don't really care exactly and that that's always a big fight in my family like my kids like mom (laughs) the batter or like i like put they'll put them in and they'll walk they'll make the dumb mistake of walking away and i like get into the kitchen Peter, you know, my husband's running the water. Don't run the water because we're doing a podcast. It needs to be acoustically pleasing. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so my last question for you, because your husband's here and I want to respect your time. But if you could go into a time machine yes. and talk to a younger version of yourself. Oh, my God. Just of what you know now, like, what would you say? Shut up. No, I'm only kidding. Uh-huh. I would honestly say this. And I tell you, I talk, to, I do talk to young kids all the time in college kids or high school if they ask me. You know, I, like, for example, SNL, I felt so lucky to be there mm. that it kind of stilted my funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't feel like, hey, I'm I'm a contender. You know, like um, Marlon Brando, I could have been a contender. So, like, I was like, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky. Well, if you got there, then you deserve to be there. So, like, I guess ease into it. That being said... If all those experiences make who you are. So if you're, listen, if you're a nervous wreck and nervous to be somewhere, you can't help it. Like, it's like, it's like dating. It's like, you know, like I'll say to my kids or my mother would say to me, 
Shimon, don't worry about it and it will happen. And inside your head, like, I really like to get married and have kids, but no one likes me because I talk too much and I'm weird looking. So, but if you could just relax, but I would definitely say this because now I've got two movies that I've written myself and now I've got Shelter and Solitude coming out. And, you know, I mean, it's like knock on wood, just so unbelievable that with AMC and Regal picked us up and, you know, you think, poor me, poor me, that's never going to happen. If you take the bull by the horns and do every and do it yourself, then no one can stop you. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, we were distributing it ourselves. We are because you know, you know just as much as everybody else knows. But because someone has a label like, well, that's an executive. Well, that's the head of distribution. Well, that's so and so. Who cares? Because you know, when you get to be my age and people like Norm die, you're dead. You could be done tomorrow. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or if you're young, you could be hit by a bus. So don't apologize for yourself. Write your own material. If you don't know how to write it, take a writing course or talk to other writers. I never thought I could write. Literally, I only learned to write because SNL, they go, okay, everybody go write your sketches. I was like, what? I thought I was hired to act these sketches out. I go, write? What the hell? So force yourself to write. Do your own stuff. Kids now have the advantage of filming you can film yourself you can submit to festivals and don't let anyone tell you no just yeah. go for it. don't let anybody control your destiny control your own destiny i'm so glad you said that and you didn't say don't do keith raises podcast no and do <laughs> keith's podcast because he's funny <laughs> and he has good personality he gets your jokes and he relates to people oh my god well siobhan where can the folks at home follow and support you Thanks so much. And watch. And if you're in LA, come to, um, September 19th. I'm definitely going. Yeah. If I don't have October a stand-up show, I'm for sure going. Yeah. And and um, October 6th, we will be all over the country. And I will personally be at Union Square, Regal, doing a Q&A in New York City. And I think, well, hopefully we're going to be on a lot of big shows too. Really yeah. remember Ed Sullivan, really big shoes, really big shoes, um, uh, promoting the movie. Shelter oh. and Solitude. It stars Robert Patrick. Peter Macon, directed by fabulous Vivica Musaya from Denmark. My son, Peter Hogan, Dan Castellaneta, who's Homer Simpson, uh, Michael Obelhauser, who was nominated for Tony last year and Take Me Out. It's a great story about a prisoner on death row and a washed up country singer. And it's a beautiful relationship. And it's about kindness and hope. But it's also hilarious as well as heartwarming. Y'all come out. Yeah, you hear? All right. Thank well, you so much, Keith. Thank you for taking your time and saying yes. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. So, all, all right. right. Air five. God bless. And here's to Norm. Here's Norm. <laughs> and connect me with Lori Joe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll email Andy my number and you could text me. Awesome. Thanks a million, right. Keith. Have a great right. God day. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there www.stereo.com slash Keith Reza and on Cameo www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza If you enjoyed the show please 
send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.